0: SMQBs, this is episode 89 we're coming at you with a world series recap NFL week 9 discussion a uh, tough and challenging conversation about cancel culture in sports the greatest MLS game ever yes there is such a thing a little college football recap punchable face of the week and a couple of good ted lassos check us out leave a five star review thanks for listening
1: From the people on the people My hits the roof Dancing on the ceiling On the people I got people
0: on the Dancing on the people I got SMQB's. This is episode eighty nine, and despite Rooster's background, I can assure you this is not the Mark Bavaro episode. It's an outrage. It's a it's a uh, rough week, fellas. Rough week for the SMQB's here. This was not the sports weekend they were looking for. We're going to talk about all of it in a little bit, but first of all,
2: nope, nope,
0: nope. we are going to cover all of it, house all of it. First of all, this number 89 played at the University of Pittsburgh from 1958 until 1960. Sorry, Milk. Yeah, that's right. Milk's out. Literally. Literally. Literally and figuratively. He's not here. Uh, He was a three-sport athlete playing baseball, basketball, and football. Uh, He was also an intramural wrestling champion.
3: Very important. Yep. Very.
0: He let's see what else do we what what else do we have here? He played 158 NFL games, had 427 receptions, 5,812 yards,
1: and 43 touchdowns. Mike Ditka.
0: Yes, ah, Rooster. Yes. Wow, look oh, at the draw there. Oh, how job. do you not get that? Good before job. My
3: time.
1: He was a cowboy yeah, for I'll most say. of those receptions.
2: <laughs> wow, yeah. Rooster.
0: Well, I actually think he was, he was a bear for most of those receptions. the bears. Uh, Yeah. But also a, uh, as a player, a super bowl champion, as a head coach, a super bowl champion, two time NFL coach of the year. Um, And he is just so um, thought of as, as the bears head coach, you almost forget that he was the saints
1: head coach for, for like, you know. Three years, three seasons. Just in right? time to trade away everything they ever had for Ricky yeah. Williams. Yeah,
2: Ricky Williams. Hey, yeah. guys, I, I'm sorry that I missed last week, but I have to uh, send in a um, a listener, a very angry listener mailbag comment. Oh, one, boy. Yeah, one Benna Milrod is outraged. <laughs> she's outraged that Eric Lindros got no mention for 88, and I just had to pass it on. <laughs> she's, she's pissed. Okay, sorry. Oh, God. Did
0: did Lin, how, how many games did Lindros play in his career? Plenty, enough, a lot. There's a lot of a lot of hype around that guy. Um, we'll come a, back a to of, that in a future pod. A lot of injuries. I mean,
3: um, 188. Yeah, yeah. Episode 188. <laughs> I, I gotta save them um, around the jerseys again. Well, I'd ask
0: how everybody's doing, but I I think I know the answer for for two out of the four four of us who are here. Um, so let's just jump into it. House, this is gonna be painful. Let's pull the band-aid off fast. Ow! The World Series is over. The Cheatstros, they won. Uh, I'm just wondering though, first house, um, do you still think that they're an okay franchise? You still, I mean, you were the defender of the Astros on this pod and their cheating ways. And there was a few questionable moments um I think that got you a little bit out of shape, leaning into pitches and
2: uh, I, I, you guys th- should throw lettuce at me and tomatoes and feces and yell shame at me forever. Having done that. uh I would, I look, I want to be gracious about this it's the heat of the moment. H- Houston, they won the world championship. They lifted the trophy. I just want to make the argument. I'm sorry, Scott Richard, Michael Bogdanow. Other Astros fans, I want to make the argument that the way the Houston Astros play baseball is not good for the game of baseball. It's not it's not good for the game of baseball. There's a lot of shtick involved. That's Yiddish for bullshit. There is a lot (laughs) of shtick. And if you watch the playoffs, the one thing, unfortunately, that I guess I give them credit, Zach Wheeler can get off his game if you interrupt his rhythm. And it happened in almost every single series with an injury to a, there were, there were a number of things that happened in each of the series. But in this series, when Wheeler was grooving along, Maldonado, they showed on television how in prior innings, he was a good couple feet away from the plate. And then he came up in whatever that horrendous inning was, whatever, sixth or seventh, sixth and he basically stood on the plate and then made no effort on an inside pitch. Did he get hit by a pitch? He did get hit by a pitch. Did he make any effort to get out of the way? He did not. Was he actually hit by the pitch and awarded first? Did he step into the pitch? He did not step into the pitch. I just think that's shtick. It's just bullshit. And uh, there was a lot of that stuff. But all that said, you can't bat 158. You can't have your. Two through five batters minus Harper going one through their last 29. Our bats went silent Uh, the same way that the the Yankees' bats went silent against the Astros. I give credit to their pitching. They have very good pitching. Um, And so the Astros were likely to win this series no matter what. But I just wish it could have been done without all the shtick. Phillies had a great ride. Unbelievable story, unbelievable ride that they made it to the World Series. I will never forget going to game three in the 7 nothing victory and all those home runs and the atmosphere. But unfortunately, Bison has branded me with if you're not first, you're last. And so I'm in pain today.
0: I, I have to say, I actually felt bad for that, that that stuck with you because as I was watching, I was thinking, oh, God, he's not going to take anything get
1: away from this. <laughs> what House, what did you think of the decision to pull Zach Wheeler when he was ahead one-nothing at the end of the fifth and, and put Vasquez in?
2: My my uh World Series preview was the World Series was going to come down to managing and in the end in the penultimate game at a critical decision. Uh Rob Thompson, who had made every right decision pretty much up till that point, made a horrible decision. And it's universally Believed in Philadelphia that that was a horrible decision. Nobody thinks, oh, you know, no. He there was a hard hit ground ball up the middle. There was uh, a hit by pitch where the the batter was over the plate. Other than that, he was seventy pitches in pitching an otherwise gem of a game, and there was no better pitcher on their entire bullpen. Why not leave that guy it,
1: in? You know, well, well, also because he had also kind of owned um, Jordan Alvarez, right. A- I mean, he he was handling Alvarez, who was, uh, who was due up next.
2: And I don't know so what Go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, House, I was going to say, you know, I I mentioned this, I think, to, to Rooster the other day. But one of the ironies of, of that, of the pulling of Wheeler, is back when the Nats were in, in Game 7 in Houston, I mean, Greinke was just mowing down the Nats left and right. And he gave mm. up one mistake to Rendon. And then when Soto came up at some point, they they pulled Granky. And it was like the only moment in game seven where I felt a, a twinge of hope. And sure enough, that's when Howie Kendrick hit the home run off the foul pole. So, you know, it was it was the reverse this time where the Astros benefited from a pitcher who was otherwise just just you know plowing along, uh getting pulled out of the game and going yeah. into a bullpen.
1: Yeah, it felt like the Astros just let out a huge sigh of relief when we right were out right yeah yeah
2: yeah it, it it was it was tough to stomach when that decision was made and then and then it just got weird it got weird uh you know you they weren't completely out of the game they had a t- giant mountain to climb but then you then you had Schwarber with two strikes trying to lay down a bunt late in the game uh, I guess the, it was the eighth inning I mean it seemed like they were resigned at that point but look I. I said before the playoffs started that I thought the best teams were the 111-win Dodgers, the 106-win Astros. They seemed on a collision course. Um, We were were the mighty underdog, and it looked like we were going to do it. Look, if you had told me the Phillies were going to be up 2-1 with two more games at home, with Nola and Wheeler both pitching two of those games, I would say we really had a really good chance. And that's yeah. why you got to tip your yeah. cap to the Astros. They beat the Phillies two games away, and they beat Nola and Wheeler. That's why the are they're the world champs. And,
0: and I guess you got to look at game five as really the 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 game that got away, right? I mean, because that was a well-pitched game. Yeah. It was close. Um, the Phillies just could not get a timely hit. Uh, and that of course um comes after uh the no hitter right we got i mean we can't we can't ignore that um right that it was game 4 the phillies got actually no hit in the world series um and then they come back game 5 and you sort of everyone's going woof that's that's a rough way to to you know lose a game and get no hit and uh and Schwarbaum comes out and just you know right away boom first batter home run Forget it. We're not worried about the no hitter. That's yesterday. And then it didn't seem like they got another hit for yeah, the next lights
2: out, six out for the, settings, rest of the game. Right? It was lights out. I mean, yeah.
0: it was
3: Toby, play of the play of the series had to have been the the catch in the ninth inning in game five. That I, I think you're gonna score, you know, that inning at
2: least one run. Yeah, the 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 Chaz McCormick catch will be a legendary play in World Series history. The Phillies were on the way to a comeback um, and Real Muto hits what looks like it might be a home run, if not a, at least a double. And a kid who grows up in suburban Philadelphia, rooting for the Phillies growing up, goes to a suburban Philadelphia high school, jumps up and climbs and, and grabs a really tough play to make off the right field wall for to, to rob a double and to, to win the game. And You got to make those great plays to win any kind of championship. And they did it. That's why they're It was.
3: I think it might've been a triple. I mean, the ball was going to hit hard off the wall, go all the way to the infield because whoever was backing up uh, the center fielder was, had no chance to stop the ball. It's tough. It it
0: was a, a, an incredibly entertaining um, series. I mean, game one starts out, the Astros go up five, nothing and lose uh, losing extras, right, on the uh, Real Muto home run. In the, was it the 10th inning? Yep, 10th inning. Yeah, and then game two, the Astros go up again. Philly sort of claw back, and, and you, you start thinking, oh, shit, you know, here we go again. They're going to come back from this. But it didn't really, you know, you sort of think you get one on the road in those first two. You feel pretty good about things. Then you have game three, home run, home run, home run. It's like gasoline on a fire every time you turn around. And then the Astros come back no hits the Phillies then you have this close I mean every
2: game was was intriguing yep. in its own right tense it was tense yeah i i, I the Astros are scary i think Alvarez and Peña uh i think they're both 23 24 years old yeah, I mean Pena's a baby They're both ba- they're the same age and those guys are terrific, terrific players. And I don't know the age of Javier, the no-hit pitcher. I mean, they've they've got some young studs on their team. They're going to continue to be a force to be reckoned with. We're going to have to deal with the asterisks for a long time.
1: Banyu was the ALCS MVP and the World Series MVP.
2: Plus, and, he won a, and gold a gold Glove, glove as a rookie. Yeah, he looks amazing. He looks
1: like he's like
2: he looks
0: like he's like forty yeah. pounds too, right? I mean, he looks like a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's just so we can look ahead a little bit. Uh, here's who so far has declared free agency from the Astros. Michael Brantley, Christian Vasquez, Rafael Montero, Yuli Gurriel, and Jason Castro. I'm sorry. And one more, uh, Aletimus Diaz. I got that. I probably got that name
2: wrong. But- he was the guy that did step into the pitch and got called back into the batter's box. you right.
3: That's right. Uh- but don't forget, Dusty Baker is not signed a contract either.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. They can and live with he, that all those guys. Yeah. yeah. And then here's the Clint Phillies. Baker. <laughs> here's Clint the Baker. Phillies who have had declare free agency. Uh, Zach Elfin. Eflin. Mm-hmm. F, I'm sorry. Eflin. Um, Corey Nebel. Nabel. Mm-hmm. Syndergaard. Mm-hmm. Brad Hand, I'm sure you're bummed about that.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm Um, bringing the moving van to his house. Don't let the door. Yeah,
0: yeah. And um, who else did you do you have? Uh, I think that's. Oh no, Davinsky, Robertson.
2: Yeah, David Robertson and Kyle Gibson. No thanks. The only one, Zach Eflin, was a reliable number four. He got hurt. He came back. They repurposed him for the bullpen. He had an incredible bullpen series in the playoffs. I think he'd like a starting job somewhere. The Phillies have the number one pitcher in all of the minor leagues. He was a minor league player of the year, named Andrew Painter. Coming up, uh, who you know, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot riding on that kid. And I just don't think there's room for Eflin. So, wish him the best of luck. But well, I think we can live without any house, of this. Whatever happened to Didi Gregorius? Uh, we ended up cutting him. Uh, Late in the season. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he, he no longer fit all the moves they made to repurpose that roster and, you know, fortify with people like Brandon Marsh and even Robertson, all the, every move they made was fantastic. Um, I think they have a bright future. Keep your eye on the Phillies making a play, maybe on Trey Turner, maybe on Bogert's who's declared free agency. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where Carlos Rodon ends up as a pitcher. I mean, there's, this is going to be a very hot stove in the off season.
0: So is it better to have played and lost than to have never played at all? That's my question. A
2: hundred percent. You raise yeah, a pen. Absolutely. You raise absolutely. a pen. Come on now. Yeah.
3: And you give a city huh? hope.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, listen, the, the hard thing is, and we'll find out. I mean, you're right. That most of the team is, is locked up and is going to be around, but man, you guys caught lightning in a bottle this year. It's, it's, it's really hard to come back. I mean, it's really hard to, to repeat and get back there. So.
2: The the only encouraging thing is Pope's Braves that they, you could say caught lightning in a bottle with 89 wins, won a world championship. They started out poorly. People were ready to write off the Braves. And the next thing you knew they were a juggernaut and then they ran into the Phillies. But, and that is a good sign for the Phillies, what the Braves did this year, that you can you can take that momentum and carry it into the next year.
0: Last question on this, uh, at least from me House, is uh the very fickle and um uh bitter Philadelphia fans, are they are they uh happy with the manager or are they focused on pulling uh Wheeler out of the game at this point?
2: they're happy with him. They know that it was Thompson's moves that got him to this. Yeah, they'll forgive him very quickly.
1: The other, you yeah. know, the other good sign for you, unfortunately, is the Astros. Right? They they continue to come back even after they lose yeah. in the
0: World Series. Yeah.
1: True. True.
0: All right. Anything else on the World Series? I just house. Baseball is not dead. Baseball is not dead.
2: Yeah, because the Philadelphia Phillies brought it back.
0: yeah
2: yeah yes (laughs) whatever helps you sleep at night all
0: right let's move on to the nfl week nine
2: house what what do you got for us uh the number of the week was 20 to 17 basically it was how every game (laughs) was supposed to end this week there can we we the nfl is so unbelievably unpredictable this year, I don't even know what to say anymore, but I guess it's all got to start with what the J-E-T, as Jets, Jets, Jets did to the Bills. Um, Josh Allen looks human. He made two really bad throws. We were in a car together, just we were all together this past week. We were in a car. We had written off the Jets because they didn't have Brees Hall anymore. We said that. And then Michael Carter looked like a very good substitute. And their defense is very, very good, and I, I think the Jets are going to end up being a playoff team. Do you guys agree?
1: I don't know if they'll be a playoff team, but I think they,
2: they are on the
1: uprise. That their defense is is really sharp. So the Sauce Man is incredible, like we predicted he would be in the NFL. I just don't think um, Zach Wilson has what it takes to be a, a playoff winning quarterback. They did
2: not have a good game.
1: No, they won despite him.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> you, you guys, uh, we've said it now at least two or three weeks, but I, like I don't—it's a broken record at this point. Aaron Rodgers is done. He's he is. kaput. He's terrible. He's
1: kaput. He is bad. Threw three interceptions and put nine points on the board. And you know what he's going to do next? He's going to go on Pat McAfee's show. And throw all his teammates under the bus. So he's, he is uninterested. I right? just hope I he mean, doesn't. He's uninterested.
3: Hope he doesn't find a, a reason to hope for next weekend because Cowboys are
2: going to Lambeau.
1: Yep, I, he I always
2: gets up for that game. I I, I, don't, I don't. He first of all, they also suffered some serious injuries in that game. Yeah. Um. And so uh, the Packers are going to be hurt, but those three interceptions that Rooster's talking about—they were all at the goal line. They were all—they should have scored on all of them. He's throwing bad throws in critical plays. I mean, he's bad. But I effort pro-
1: was like that too against yeah. the Bucks. I don't. He's his elbow is clearly not right.
2: I, I promised Milk. I had a I had a conversation with him today, and I promise. I would say something about Tom Brady, and mm-hmm. what I'll say is it only took him fifty-eight fucking throws to throw a touchdown. <laughs> so that team stinks, milk. I'm happy you and Harris saw a win. <laughs> good for the kid. Yeah. But were either of you guys remotely impressed with either of those teams last night?
1: Terrible. It was no, almost unwatchable.
2: I, the games, the, the the late games,
0: were painful to watch. Yep. Just not interesting. Not good football. Not exciting. Just. Well, just, and ugh. surprisingly,
3: Chiefs Titans, that was the the featured game of the week. That was a dud as well. till the yep. last
2: you know, 10 minutes. It was, although I think I think Derrick Henry looks much more like himself than we were. yeah, he does. But so, Malik Willis
3: doesn't
1: look impressive no. anymore.
2: No.
3: No, uh, I mean, no. but you know, look at Mahomes. He had to he had to win that game by himself. He clearly is missing Reek. Well, I
0: mean, look, this is the NFL. I mean, you know, week to week, you know, any given Sunday, right? We we say it all the time and it's it's not a cliche. I mean, it's it's, it's just true. I mean, it's just is it's the NFL. And you saw that with the Jets and, and the Bills and the Titans and the uh, Chiefs. I mean, those are games where you wouldn't have thought they'd be close, but but at the end of the day, these games are battles. Though so.
3: there is one constant this year, though what what
2: constant is that? That's the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. There you go. And I, I am so done. So we we're thing. done talking
3: about Philly sports today. <laughs>
0: yeah, we can right? still talk about football. Oh, we're just
3: still starting. We're starting.
2: Uh, oh, God. I I'm I'm done with all the bullshit about who have you played and all that stuff. It turns out the Eagles. At the time, they played a team with a 500 record, have more wins against a team who had a 500 or better record than any other team in the NFL. They've beat the teams that they had to play. Um, I think consistency in the NFL this this particular season is hard to do. The Eagles look very, very consistent and very, very dangerous. And I also saw – I hadn't seen uh, this stat before, this data before, but it's like, um, it was like a beat-up index. Which team is the healthiest – and it, it coincides a lot with teams' records. The Eagles are the healthiest team in the NFL, and they're the best team in the NFL, and it's not an accident. But I there's one other game I, I feel like we should talk about for a second because I thought you guys did an amazing job last week in that little snippet on the NFL about Tua and the Dolphins. V- really compelling argument that can be made that if the family's not going to say boo and if Tua is not going to say boo then they he assumes the risk and as long as he's avoiding the ambulance he's a very talented player and man i mean despite Justin Fields setting a record and trying to put the team on his back running a hun- almost 180 yards to challenge the dolphins Tua when he puts it together he's got the weapons they bought him very very dangerous player and i I kind of do hope he stays healthy. I mean, I wouldn't wish him to get. Yeah, no,
1: right, right. We all hope he stays healthy. Um, Do you remember in the preseason when all the pundits were saying that maybe Tyreek was overrated? And certainly without Mahomes wasn't going to put up the numbers he's used to, especially with Waddle on the other side. He might get over 2,000 yards this year. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, they're tearing it up offensively.
3: Yeah. I mean, that was the game of the week for sure. I look, I mean, like you said, house, Justin Fields took it to another level. I mean, is he, is he ready to become the quarterback that we I thought he might be?
1: Well, it's two games in a row for him now.
0: Is he, is he the best quarterback out of that draft now? I think so.
2: Let's let's not insult belly zappy that way. He's undefeated. <laughs> the Zapmeister is was in that draft, the Western Kentucky Hilltopper leading the Patriots three wins in a row that Guy's a tough nut to crack, Bailey Zappy.
1: Now on the bench.
2: He is uh, on the bench?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Matt Jones is starting.
3: Back.
0: Jones is back. Yeah. Yeah. And Mac po- Matt playing like
3: crap. In, in the game, yeah, they won play. 26 to 3 over the Colts.
2: <laughs> you guys, come on. Frank Reich is a good coach. What the F what? just happened to in Indianapolis? Listen, I,
0: I am not going to speak bad about Jim Mersey. Okay, that's that's not going to happen. But, oof, how about a, a big old, I mean, what are they doing there? What are it's they happening. doing to that team?
1: I mean, the season's over for this team that was supposed to be a playoff team. I think the season's over for the Packers, the Cardinals, the Raiders, all supposed to be good teams this year. So, so crazy. Such an unpredictable year.
2: Anyway, so big big we're, game we're, next
3: week. And I got a little breaking news. I'm not sure if y'all heard, but Josh Allen is being evaluated for ulnar nerve injury and status is uncertain for game against the Vikings. Biggest oh, game of the boy. Week. Mm. That's
2: huge. Yep.
3: And, you know, the Bills are going to be pissed playing at home after being humiliated by the Jets. So, you know, if Josh Allen doesn't play, that's going to be an, an even oh. more interesting game.
0: Oh, all right, God. so so let's re just briefly here. Let's reset where we are in the NFL. I guess we're not. Are we halfway through at this point? I guess yeah, like halfway plus since we Eight don't have an half. even number. Yeah, of, literally, we don't have an even number of games anymore. Um, we got the Eagles, the Seahawks, the Vikes, and the Bucks all leading their <laughs> divisions. Well,
1: aren't they tied with Atlanta though?
0: The Bucks? Well, yeah, but oh, yeah, I think the they're up head. for some. The, they're up because of the head-to-head. Head. Um, so, but they are—they do have the same record. So then, I guess the, the the wild card teams would be what the Cowboys, Giants,
2: and the Niners,
0: and the Niners at four and four.
2: I think that's going to hold form, actually. Yeah. Um, because I think the Niners are only going to improve. And I think the Cowboys and Giants will stay yeah. at least a few games above 500 at least. Yeah. So who who would have guessed you'd have a
1: playoff from the NFC uh, that did not include the Rams, Cardinals, and Packers? I mean, that's just...
3: I would, I would have taken the under on that. Massive collapse. Here.
1: A massive yeah. collapse of teams that are supposed to be good. I think Cliff gets fired before the end of the year. He stinks. He looks like a deer caught in the headlights right now on the side. He sideline. stinks. And, and then
2: Kyler Murray
0: stinks. Kyler Murray stinks. That team stinks. Yeah. And then in the AFC, you've got the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Titans. And the wild card teams right now look to be the Jets, Dolphins, and Chargers. And the Bengals are right there. I think the
2: Bengals get in, I wouldn't count
3: the Bengals out. The Bengals
0: and
2: Patriots are going to make some noise still, I think. I
3: think the Chargers are a flawed team. I I just don't know. (laughs) They just don't look good.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they have – here's an interesting stat on the Chargers. Points for 184 points against 206. That's not usually the
1: uh, point differential of a playoff team, right? Right. They have a lot of key injuries on defense. Their offensive line is not protecting Herbert and their receivers are hurt. So it's a bad combination. Yeah.
0: House, where are we on the locks? Tell All me right. the bad news.
2: Um, well, I got to save the best for last because the best is so great. But um, Rooster and I took the Vikes minus three and a half. We were just a half a point off. Uh, and so we both took losses. Roosters down to three and six. I'm down to five and four. Milk took the Chargers, minus two and a half, pulled out that win, moves to five and four. Hope took Seattle, got that win. Pope is the cream of the crop right now at six and three. But how special is this? The man who loves to tie games. Bison had the Rams plus three. It's a push bison gets a tie and bison is three five and one here we go
3: (laughs) in vegas he loses the juice though
2: he loses the juice but (laughs) we got to put that tie on his record damn it that's so good unbelievable (laughs) so this week um this week i will i will get started i like uh hold on i had i had this up here and i don't know where it went but i like this week the seahawks the Seahawks are getting this, this. This is a weird. We have a couple games that are overseas this week. Um, and so the Seahawks are playing in Munich, Germany. Germany. Uh, and for some reason, the Bucks are being treated as the home team. They suck. They're under 500. The Seahawks keep winning, and somehow the Bucs are minus two and a half. Yep. So I'm taking the Seahawks plus two and a half. Not a home field advantage. Um, <laughs> so weird so weird by the way milk who is currently rooting on the tampa bay marauder little league team go harris is taking <laughs> the bears minus 3 at home against the lions so we have milk's pick in it bears minus 3 uh we'll go with rooster
1: i think the What's your first pick, uh, I, rooster? I think the green bay packers are done ski and i'm going with the cowboys
2: Whoa, that's the Cowboys minus five away at okay. Lambeau. I mean, coming off a buy, coming guy. off a buy.
3: Huh.
2: I don't think it's that ridiculous. Packers stink. Yeah. Packers stink.
1: History Bison
2: Cowboys and Packers. What Listen, can you, I'm, what can you I'm tie st- this week? I'm sticking
0: with it. I'm, I'm going, I'm milk. You should be here to defend your team. You're not. I'm going to keep going against whoever's playing the Bucks. I don't think I've I, I've maybe a push. I haven't. I don't have a loss yet with that. So I'm taking Seattle. And the box
2: suck. Our division leader, Pope at six and three.
3: I'm just, I'm so tempted to join the bandwagon on the Seahawks. I, I had the Seahawks this week and called it right. But, you know, I guess I'm getting complacent because I'm number one. And I think I'll just fuck around and see what happens. I will, I'll take the Titans. I think giving three with the, shitty Broncos coming to town. I I like the Titans. Titans minus three. three. That's okay. Good luck, fellas.
0: All right. Anything else on the NFL? That's it. Well, look, this is a, uh, this next, uh, segment here might, you know, sort of, uh, blend a little bit with, uh, with a punchable face, but, but, you know, we can't not talk about Kyrie and some other stories, Again, I mean, we, we talked about Kyrie last week in the punchable face. Uh, he has not done anything to redeem himself, but we're seeing, um, you know, we we wanted to spend just a couple minutes talking about what some would refer to as cancel culture or athletes getting canceled. Um,
1: Rooster, what's going on here? <sighs> It's, uh, I'm almost (laughs) speechless because the people who make the uh, argument uh, that opposes what I'm about to say, don't even listen to the facts. They just have a knee jerk reaction similar to the, who I think I'm going to punch in the face later, um, Cole Beasley, which is people should be able to say whatever they want, you know? So, you know, we, what's the big deal? Kyrie was given the opportunity by his owner to come out and say, in response to press questions, that he was not anti-Semitic. And he would not say no to that question. Are you anti-Semitic? All he had to do was say no. He wouldn't say no. He kept giving his bullshit answer about, you know, being part of the original uh, um. Israelis, just a bunch of bullshit coming out of his mouth. He deserves every piece of canceling that he's getting. He's an asshole, and he deserves it. And the same with this Mitchell Miller guy, and we'll get to him later. But it's it's not cancel culture. It's speaking up and saying something's wrong when it's wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. The guy, the guy supported an anti-Semitic. Book and movie, and refuse to back
2: down from it. So, I think I think I get a, a say in this as the lone Jewish guy on the pod. <laughs> that um, I'm I'm pretty terrified about what's happening uh, around the world, but certainly in the United States, with a lot of anti-Semitic fervor that's happening. Kanye West, this latest thing from Kyrie. And um, it's pretty bad. And I think these people should be punished. I think people need to be educated. I think the anti-Semitism needs to stop. All that said, I'm seeing some athletes who are tweeting and saying some things that are, are opening my eyes a little bit to say they're not endorsing what Kyrie said. They're it is a little bit of whataboutism that they're doing, but these are um, definitely folks who are speaking from their own history of oppression. These are Black athletes who um, are, are are here in this country because of a slave trade that resulted in hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people uh, killed. And their point that they're trying to espouse, but so far not very well, and they're using the wrong timing, is that there's a lot of white owners who are putting us out to entertain for them. They're making a ton of money, and Kyrie is trying to say something, and nobody wants to hear it, and worse than that, they want to punish him for it. And while I think he should be punished, and I applaud the Nets what they're doing, I think it's great what they're doing, I think a backlash is coming. And some of the athletes are getting angrier and angrier. And I don't Look know who?
1: who is who is saying this,
2: because it's oh, certainly
1: not Charles Barkley.
2: I saw at least half a dozen athletes who said something about like, apparently we're not allowed to say anything anymore. I'm with Kyrie is a is another hashtag. There's there's I mean, I'll get you names. I, I think Darius Slay is one of them. Uh, and there's 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 been several others. I've seen several on Twitter who have Re- Reggie Bullock did it, a Mav. Yeah, I mean, there's got, there's definitely guys that are big, standing behind him.
1: But so so they're just are standing behind a guy who said the Earth was flat and refused to get vaccinated because the government was trying to put things in his bloodstream to control him or something.
2: I don't I mean, think they're saying Kyrie's a normal think, person. Yeah. Okay. I think they're saying we're part of a race that's been oppressed and we're being told to shut our damn mouths again and we don't like it. That's how they're taking it. And but I that just, was I my point
1: that was my point about the whole controversy last time the 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 movement that Kyrie is trying to support traces itself back to like 1800 and had had some good points and even Martin Luther King picked up on some of their points. But that doesn't give them the right to then take that and say, there's, you know, the Jews are to blame for everything down with the Jews. That's what they're doing. And there's there is no defense for that.
2: All I'm saying is, I think a backlash is coming and I think it's going to get louder and I don't know where it's going to end up. But, I it you know, it's, it's, it's an anxious moment for sports. And Kyrie is a big, big star. Um, and he's definitely has his supporters within the NBA. So I don't know where this is gonna end up, but it's not good. Well, House, what I was saying is that so Reggie Bullock, you know,
3: uh tweeted that he he stood with Kyrie and then uh got a lot of pushback for that from the uh, Mavs fans. And Mark Cuban, who's Jewish, came out and said, Look, you know, I'm I'm as anti- I'm against anti-semitism, obviously, as anybody else, but I support my player and um you know, I don't agree with him, but, you know, Reggie Bullock's done a lot for the transgender community. I mean, his story is well known and I stand with Reggie. So it was a real interesting kind of twist on what you're talking about with somebody in the NBA who's very well respected, Mark Cuban, supporting a player who said they stood with Kyrie.
2: Malcolm Jenkins is another one that's been buying him. There's, there's definitely several athletes across sports. Listen,
1: I just – what I say to those athletes is educate yourself because this movie, Hebrew to Negroes, Wake Up, Black America, supports the notion that the Holocaust never happened.
2: It's horrible. It's horrible. And I I agree with you. What they're saying is coming from an uneducated stance, but they're also coming from a different place too, saying – Somehow, I, and I think we can walk and chew gum on this at the same time. I think we can tell people that anti Semitism and Holocaust denials are horrible, but that also Black voices need to be heard and their own oppression is a story that needs to be heard. Oh,
0: absolutely. It, absolutely. You know, it, it does look this, this, this gets complicated because of this house, which, which you've raised. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, this is the, the quote unquote marketplace of ideas. People can say what they want to say uh, and they can and now everybody can tweet what they want to tweet, right? But you have to also be ready to deal with the backlash to it. okay? If the backlash is a company that you have a, a, an endorsement deal with says, hey, we're not interested in that. That's that's you know your prerogative. You you can say what you want to say, but you have to be ready to deal with the consequences. If a team says, "Hey, say what you want to say, but we're not gonna we're not gonna you know send you out there to play uh, into and in front of our fans," then that's you have to deal with that. I mean, those are the consequences. This is we live in a capitalist society. Unfortunately, I think capitalism drives more of this. And the dollar drives more of these decisions, and these these people come out and criticize than do uh, values, morals, and ethics. Unfortunately, uh, but you know that's that's the that's what you got to deal with. And so Kyrie, you know, he can make a a this guy. He's a smart guy, flat earther or not. You know, he's he's a pretty smart guy. I think. Uh, I don't agree with him on most of what comes out of his mouth, but I don't think he's dumb. Make it make a decision. You want to come out and. And promote this and not back off and keep going and keep going and keep going. Be prepared for the consequences of what you say. Um, and and that's you know, I think that's different than than being canceled, right? I mean, look, um uh uh what's his name? I'm drawing a blank right now from the 49ers. Um Bosa? No, Kaepernick, no, Kaepernick, Kaepernick oh cap was cancelled right cap was canceled he was definitely the canceled owners, they, the owners didn't give him a job
1: he didn't say like a they, goddamn thing either that's right and there was
0: a concerted effort to keep him out uh but you know for the, and, and so for some of these guys though you, you know you got to deal with the consequences you got to deal with the consequences and i think that's it, it is complicated though this is a tough a tough
2: spot and i just want to say to our listeners, we are fully cognizant or at least I am fully cognizant but I think I can speak for all of us. These are four w- white dudes talking this topic. oh yeah out, yeah you yeah. know and and I would welcome the perspective of some of our listeners send in a video, send an audio because whatever race color gender you are, it's helpful for us even on this little podcast to hear different perspectives. this is these are the perspective we're just sharing that these are the perspectives that are out there. Uh, and, and as Bison said, it's it's complicated stuff. It's definitely complicated stuff. I just think we're nowhere near the last of this. Nowhere near it. I think
1: I think it's Le- LeBron James got it right. Barkley got it right. It's it's not complicated that if you go out and say that you support Holocaust deniers, etc., cetera, then you're going to ex- you should expect some some heat from your team especially when your team is located in Brooklyn. I mean, you think they might have a few Jewish fans in Brooklyn?
2: You know, the thing that, the thing that's happening is that, you know, there are Nike has canceled them or they won't release the next shoe. Yeah, and they, so now again, people are like, well, Nike hires, you right. know, Chinese labor and they're against the Uyghurs and all well, this that's other one, stuff.
1: That's yeah, the what it, about it. So there's a lot but, of what about it coming from this it's, too. It's also, uh, the, you know, the, the kind of argument you hear from from i don't know i don't i don't want to disparage anyone but nike owns the shoe you know the shoes nike owns the right to hand out endorsement contracts so what nike does is not the issue that's what capitalism is all about people confuse their their rights to free speech with gov- between government and private entities all the time, you can't walk into your employer's building and start screaming racial slurs or or you know anti-Semitic slurs and ex- and then complain that you got fired. You know right. they you don't have a, a free speech in your in a private building. That's the right. government, you know, and people need to get that straight.
0: Right. Right.
1: All right, well, definitely complicated
0: and and yeah, house, uh, good point on that. We we'd love to hear from people on it cuz this is uh, you know, it's it's I think you're right. I think there's more to come. There's more to come on this. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, house, man, I'm I'm sorry to do this to you, but I really am. But did you know um that oh Saturday, my oh my god. Saturday was the first day. Yeah. That a city yeah. has lost two championships in the same day.
2: Oh, brutal. It brutal. got, it got wow. so bad that it led to Sunday hundreds of people showing up to an empty pier to watch a guy eat his 40th consecutive rotisserie chicken in a row. <laughs> That's how, that's, we had nothing, we had no other way to recover that from That is the Saturday. pit of despair. <laughs> that a is, pit of despair. that is, yeah. Let's go, we just tell, lost it all. Let's go tell watch us, someone eat a rotisserie chicken.
0: House, tell us about the greatest MLS game ever.
2: I know that MLS is not even a f- close to a major sport in this country. Um, but that's enough soccer talk for one. There we go. (laughs) That's good for me. I would just say this, what MLS is trying to do to bring over international stars. Uh, there's even rumors that one day Leo Messi will come to the Miami FC team is trying to draw more and more attention to the most popular sport in the world. And so the number one seed in the Western conference faced the number one seed. You had the two very best teams lafc versus the philadelphia union and it was played in la in an incredibly raucous crowd with a very euro feel to it with the flags and the flares and the smoke and the singing songs the whole game and it was a very exciting game union went down one nothing they tied it up at one one and then um the union had a breakaway their their goalie um came out to try to save it but he clearly tackled the player in a illegal manner he got injured breaking his leg got called for a red card and now LAFC is playing down a player and so the union score an extra time with 2 minutes to go take 2-1 here comes a major league championship to Philadelphia things are going to be okay and then with less than a minute to go in the game the union let LA run down the field and a crossing pass comes to who else? Gareth, Gareth Bale. Bale. International superstar who's now an old head, but he's still better than a lot of NMLS players and he's very tall. He hits a perfect header and it goes into penalty kicks. Where what does the LAFC have to do? They have to play with a backup goalie who was cut from the union who grew up in Philadelphia, who went to LaSalle High School in Philadelphia, and is in for the guy with the broken leg. And what does he do? He saves two of the penalty kicks and LAFC wins it on PKs in really what was one of the most exciting soccer matches you could see. And I only say it to say Philadelphia made two championships and lost them both. I'm done. Were they they good saves or were they... Incredible saves. No, no, incredible saves. It's so These hard to save a penalty kick. Incredible you know, saves.
1: The the whole time you were texting about union, I thought you were talking about union college. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny.
0: So, House, what, I heard you, what I heard you say is that we could tune in for the last three minutes of the game and see everything we needed to see.
2: That's true. Fair? That's true. That's true. But the, okay. the, the soccer analysts on TV, back in the studio they definitely said it was the MLS. It was the best moment that the league has had in its 13 year, whatever year history It was the best game they've ever had the best MLS final. And it was entertaining. And sure enough, we lost. And so we're having a second place parade tomorrow.
0: Listen, Hey,
2: is that a joint parade? The Billy's in the union.
0: Yeah. The good news is (laughs) the good news is that while you're, while you still got the Eagles going on, you can now turn all your attention to the Sixers who are most certainly overachieving this year. Right?
2: Oh yeah. I'm sure they are. I'm hoping oh, that the Colts never hired not. doc rivers to be their
0: coach at this point.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Pope, give us a little college football. We had a big, big weekend in college football.
3: Yes, it was a big weekend. And I, uh, you know, you're I another,
0: think, you're another loser on this pod today, aren't you? I so,
3: know. <laughs> I And I think I've been a little remiss to not give one of our own a shout out. So I think I'll start my report. By uh letting House talk about his role wave as their are they heading to a New York no no Six no no ball?
0: no 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 we no, have man. a rule top fifteen top 10. Teams only.
2: Oh, come on top fifteen I'm only. breaking
3: the rule house
2: give us a report who is going to the cotton bowl who is going to the cotton bowl today look who? it up on ESPN who, who it's going to be LSU or Alabama or USC playing Two that way Tulane green wave. Come no. on. What better oceanic team name? The line is on that's than that? already 28 and a half. It doesn't matter which of those three. My kids play. just texted me and said, <laughs> I don't care if we go to the cotton bowl and lose by 40 to Alabama, it would be the greatest moment in the history of sports. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true, but Pope, why is Nick Saban behind but, you? Yeah. Why? Well, it,
3: it wouldn't, yes. it wouldn't be for one Nicholas Saban. Um, Going down, you know, the one place that he would hate to lose the most is where he won a national championship and where they just hate him since he abandoned them and went to the Dolphins and ultimately ended up with Alabama. Uh, Saban had not lost in Baton Rouge in 10 years. Well, you know, five games, play every other year there. Um, They were favored by, we talked about this last week, amazing how much they were favored, favored by 13 points. Going down to Death Valley Saturday night, bunch of drunk Cajuns. And, you know, Alabama did what Alabama does this year, and that is step lose. on the dick when it comes down to crunch time. And the only reason that the game was close again was because of the stupid fucking penalties that they continue to make and not, you know, smart, disciplined plays. Alabama leads the college football. Uh, in, in penalties, that is an unbelievable stat cons- considering it's Nick Saban, who, uh, dictates that there is discipline, uh, or else you're walking. So, um, Brian Kelly, big old fucking balls, uh, goes for amazing, a, a two point conversion in overtime, Alabama scored kicks the extra point. Uh, you know, the rules changed, obviously you have to go for two eventually, but Brian Kelly says, fuck it. I, I'm going to, I'm going to put the season on the line because here's what was on the line. If they lose, they're out of the race to the go to Atlanta for the SEC championship. That's their third loss. And, you know, the fans are probably not happy with their, their first season, but if they win, it's all out in front of them inside track to Atlanta. All they have to do is be at Arkansas on A&M. They've got a game head already on, on Alabama. So they would have to lose both games. And they get to go play, and we'll talk about it in a second. Georgia in the SEC championship with an outside chance, if they win against Georgia, of being the first two two-loss college football playoff team, depending on how other things fall out. So, what an amazing uh, decision that he made and big balls because he got it. And, you know, Death Valley erupted. And so, Alabama has lost twice on the road, both times uh, they've stormed the field. So, I guess the big question that that we're hearing is, you know, is this the end of the dynasty for Nick? And I guess my response to that is when the, when the opposing team stopped storming the field and ripping the goalpost down when they beat Alabama, I guess you'll know the dynasty is over, but um, clearly not going to the college football playoff this year, uh, along with the fighting Dabos who got annihilated in, in uh, Notre Dame. Will this be Um, the first college football without Alabama or no, no, without Alabama or Clemson. Yeah. Alabama has has not been they they didn't go the year that Je- uh Burrow took LSU undefeated uh, all the way cuz they How about
1: that uh, tight end for LSU Taylor is he Jason Taylor's son or nephew yeah. That kid's going to be a first round pick some He's someday. a freshman. He's a freshman. Yeah. yeah. He's he's amazing. Yeah. Great he's catch. A bit, he, I mean Yeah.
3: You know you got to you got to hand it to LSU and So, uh, but, you know, somehow that game overshadowed because of of how close it was and and, uh, the drama overshadowed the biggest game of the week, which was uh, the dogs just stomped Rocky top. Um, I don't know if any of y'all saw the game, but it it wasn't even as close. The score was not as close. No, Tennessee was never in in that game. game. No, Tennessee was never in that game.
0: Touchdown at the end. Absolutely.
3: Just for beauty purposes. They, they, they were down. Three touchdowns that whole game. But did that really surprise
0: anyone? I mean, did, did anybody really think Tennessee well, was that good?
3: All of the game day crew picked Tennessee, except for Luke Bryan, the guest picker. Uh, most, <laughs> Tennessee was a popular pick. That Hendon Hooker was on his way to the Heisman. You know, they'd already beaten Alabama. Georgia hadn't done anything really since the first game when they destroyed Oregon. 49 to three and now Oregon is, you know, going to be a top six team in the college football rankings when they come out tomorrow. So, um, Georgia flexed their muscle. I mean, you could say they played to their competition level, but they clearly showed, you know, they're the top dog, pardon the pun. Um, and you know, they, they're now definitely, uh, heading, I think to the college football playoff, even if somehow they would lose to LSU, in the SEC championship game. I just I don't know if you sit Georgia and then what happens to Tennessee? Cuz that's a bad loss for Tennessee. They don't have another chance. They can't get to the SEC championship game. So they're just, you know, they beat Alabama, but you know, LSU beat Alabama. So does Tennessee really have an argument to go? Probably not. That's a just a horrible loss for them. Ohio State and Michigan, uh they're on a collision course. Um, you know, they'll be undefeated and will a, will a DCU. one loss. TCU, yeah, nine well, and 0, baby. Yeah. TCU, So TCU is still unimpressive. They another fourth quarter comeback against Texas tech who sucks. Uh, but TCU, we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks. So they go to Texas on Saturday night and, you know, Sark knows this is his opportunity to put his stamp on the program. And TCU get is and losing that
2: game. TCU is losing that game.
3: Game day is going back to Austin uh, for, for that game. And, you know, I I think with that kind of college football environment they had for the Alabama game, it'll it'll be very similar for TCU, and I just don't think TCU their talent level is not a top four team, and I think we'll see them exposed on Saturday.
1: How night. is Ole Miss this year?
3: Well, you know, I mean they they had a, a loss to LSU, which derailed them, and they play Alabama. Yeah, they, can, uh, they... on Saturday night, but you know they. They also, like Alabama, have no path to the SEC championship game. So, obviously, Lane Kiffin would love to kick dirt on Saban while uh, while he's down. And you know, Saban's obviously going to be uh, getting the team fired up for that game. I mean, it, it'll be a grudge match, and it'll probably be a track meet. Raise raise oh, your talk hand. about your alma mater. I know. So I was like, my segue yeah. was speaking of track meets. The track meet on the hilltop on Saturday night—the no- game that nobody saw, including your own. 77 to 63 the most points ever scored in an FBS regulation game absurd Tanner Mordecai 10 touchdowns nine <laughs> passing and one rushing they were up they had 56 points at halftime and they took the they took the gas off in the second half otherwise they you know could have hit 80 or 90 um unbelievable game i mean you know not much defense played obviously by either team uh so, you know, biggest weekend of college football yet. It it really sorted out where we're headed. I think for the last couple of weeks of, of the season, and you know, the big game next week is is TCU at UT, and Tulane is hosting UCF in a big game that'll determine probably you know pretty far to who's going to go to the New York New Year's Six uh, bowls, and then the Oregon and LSU, USC, uh, and uh, UCLA are all still kind of waiting on more um, chaos to get up there to the top
2: four. I think what this weekend proves is that once they expand the playoffs, college football is really going to get super, super entertaining. Because I think this year it's going to be like, can anybody beat Georgia? I think it gets more interesting when you've got 12 teams than Georgia and a few also runs.
1: What year is uh, DJ Ugulele?
2: Is junior, sophomore junior I think maybe
1: so he's been pl- yanked from two straight games yeah. What, yeah what's happening to that guy
3: Dabo doesn't have any confidence in him and he's not exactly you know giving him a reason to um, it's not good yeah no I mean in, in and guys I predicted this one I said Clemson had a hard time should have lost to Syracuse they were going to get they're going to get beat in uh, Notre Dame and Notre Dame is continuing. They've now won six out of seven, including what? Four top 25 games. So, uh, you know, the program has been turned around pretty quickly during this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, some breaking news. The uh, the Houston Cougars defensive coordinator was just hired by the Indianapolis Colts to be their head coach. So. <laughs> That'd be so good. That's funny. <laughs> All right. That's enough college football. Rooster, give us a punchable face.
3: Come
1: on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Coojay with a triumphant comeback. For a
0: but tonight, don't call it a comeback.
1: Well, I don't want to belabor this because we already covered it. It was going to be Cole Beasley, but really, it's all the people who. Out there have knee-jerk reactions to these stories that we covered without ever checking the facts. So, for example, on this Mitchell Miller story, the NH NHL kid who was drafted in 2020 until the coyotes got his backstory and rescinded. I heard that story and I was like, what? The kid did something when he was 14. Everyone deserves a second chance in life. You know, he he did he he, he was convicted. He suffered his the penalty. Give him another chance. But then I read the story about what he actually did, and it's like, what, you know, some people are just irredeemable. Um, this is a this is a person who, for years, not just one incident, from second grade on until eighth grade, just terrorized a developmentally disabled black kid by picking on him, bullying him and calling him the n-word constantly and and ultimately taking a candy bar and rubbing it in the urinal and making him eat it um so he was convicted at as a juvenile at age 14 he wasn't drafted until six years later and then he wasn't signed by the bruins until this year this month so that's six years he had to think about this and in that six-year time period he never once called this child or his family and apologized until the Bruins said, unless you call and apologize, we're not signing you. Then he called and gave him some half-assed apology. So, you know, when you know all those facts, maybe the fact that the Bruins rescinded their offer to him makes a little bit more sense. And it's not this snow, what a bunch of snowflakes cancer culture bullshit. It's there's, you know, there's reasons for some of these things. And so to Cole Beasley, who says people should be able to say whatever they want and do whatever they do, and everybody else like that, I'm not going to punch you in the face. You have a right to think the way you think, but just just you know get the background before you run your mouth on on Twitter, you know, and try to make yourself relevant again. Relevant again in Cole Beasley's.
3: Well, did did I read that Mitchell Miller is not eligible to play in the NHL? Period.
1: No, Betterman said he may never be allowed to play in the NHL. What he ought to do is go get himself some, you know, some counseling and then show that he's he's remorseful. But some people just aren't.
3: I'm not defending him at all, but that's quite a statement saying he may may never be eligible to play in the NHL. I mean, where do we start drawing that line?
0: For something he did when he was 14.
3: Not, not that, condoning, that, not condoning it at all. I'm yeah. just saying, is this a slippery slope we want to go down? I what mean, is, the the
0: point, the though, the, 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 the hard point. part about it is that he never, never apologizes. Yeah, he's he never 20. He's here. now 20. Yeah, he's 20. That's that's the that's kind of the cringe uh,
1: part of the story. Right,
3: I think. But did the criminal justice system do
1: what it do? At fourteen, you know the difference between right and wrong, and then to have six years to think about it and not think it was something you needed to apologize for—that tells you everything you need to know about this person.
2: What's interesting is that there's a lot. There's a lot to this story. At one point, Cam Neely, who I guess is the GM of the Bruins, thought he was fit for the NFL, NHL, and he he said he's he's a talented hockey player, and now because there was backlash about it because Bettman got on his case and because one of his, one of his captains came right out and said, said no way. But, but the point is nobody's really being honest about this situation at all. I mean, Cam Neely wanted this guy to play for him. I feel like he deserves just as much of a punch.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, But you know, Pope raises a good point. The the question is like, I, I saw something on, on Barstool today. Like, should this guy be allowed to be a ditch digger? should be allowed to do anything? So is it just that he can't play hockey? or does it does the fact mean that he's such a dirt ball of a guy what he did for all those years and hasn't adequately apologized that he's just unemployable and just unredeemable as a member of society period? I just I'm not I'm not sure that that's I agree with you, Rooster. He should get some counseling. He should demonstrate sincere remorse. It should be done in a very public way, he should donate his first year salary to the kid and the family, uh, you know, something like that. But I also agree with Pope to say that the guy will never be eligible. That's 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 a weird thing to say that says people are not redeemable. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. agree with you.
1: I think he I think there should be a path back. I think the Bruins have the right as the employer to say, yeah, we're not we're not interested in this, but for a better to say maybe never. I think that's premature and he shouldn't have done that,
3: but that was my point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think Pope, I agree with you on that. Um,
3: Because I don't think we're ready to draw that line in society for professional sports. I just don't.
0: Well, unfortunately we we haven't had that conversation, right? We don't have that conversation about, about redemption, about how to, um, apologize about you know what it what it means to make a mistake and and try and and better yourself. We don't have that conversation. We have people who want to bury people when they make a mistake, people who want to uh, cover their own ass and and grandstand. and and we have all these different interests out there. and what we what we haven't done and what we don't do is have an intelligent conversation about right and wrong. And how to remedy wrongs when they happen
1: by admitting you're wrong and accepting responsibility. That's one right. way. That's right. It is. It is. But, but we have leaders who say, "Well, no, I'm never apologizing for anything. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna divert the conversation and attack everybody else." Yeah. All yeah. right. Well,
0: House, tell us something happy.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so much ugliness here. I feel like we need not just one but two lassos. So I'm going to give it to you, because oh, wow. you know, this past draft there was a promising uh, kicker that hoped he'd get a call and be drafted, but alas, poor Dicker the kicker. Oh God, he did not <laughs> Dicker the kicker. He, he, he dicker gets the, a lasso. Dick, dicker, uh. dicker the kicker didn't get drafted, and so it was a poor Texas kicker, Dicker the kicker. He went undrafted. And in training camp, he even got looks from the L.A. Rams and the Baltimore Ravens. But who's going to beat out, you know, Tucker and 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 Matt Gay, like poor or the kicker. He didn't have a job. But J- it sounds J- like a teenage or a kid's book, poor Jake, Dicker, the kicker. Jake Elliott got hurt for the Eagles in week four. So what they do, they picked up the phone and they said, or the kicker, please come save us. And came- his
1: brother's name, Diggler,
2: <laughs> Dirk and so <laughs> <laughs> against the Arizona Cardinals, he kicked a game-winning field goal. Was named the NFC Player of the Week, uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. But Dicker the kicker got cut because Jake Elliott was fine again. So what did Dicker the kicker do? You can't kill? have two healthy te- uh, kickers on your team, like fantasy football. Can't right? have two roster. Yeah, can't have two <laughs> roster spots because Craig Kelly made sure that that was never going to happen again. So. <laughs> So what happens? Dicker, the kicker goes home. He's got nothing to do. So he gets himself tickets to go see Carrie Underwood in concert. And so last week, Dicker, the kicker was supposed to go see Carrie Underwood in concert, but he gets a phone call. The L.A. Chargers say that uh, Dustin Hopkins is hurt. So will you please be a a kicker for us? And if you guys didn't see what happened at the end of that ridiculous Chargers-Falcons game, when Austin Eckler fumbled, it got picked up by the – Falcons, the Falcons started returning it. Then that guy fumbled without anybody touching him. The Chargers picked it back up again. And that allowed for the incredible lasso moment. Two games played in the NFL, two game-winning kicks for Dicker the kicker.
1: He doesn't have go, a job.
2: He doesn't have a job, but he's got a lasso. But if you want to if you want a really, really special lasso, did you guys know that there is a real Ted Lasso happening in The English Premier League right now, the the Leeds United. Yes, yes, the Leeds United Football Club decided that they were going to go out on a limb after nearly being on the edge of relegation and hire an American football uh, soccer coach named Jesse Marsh, who basically didn't do anything more than do some coaching for the New York Red Bulls of the MLS. So they hire this Wisconsin dude. He comes over there and saves them from relegation, gets excite- excitement going in Leeds. Starts off the year with three wins and one draw. People think this guy is like the wonderkind, and then it gets really ugly. He's got a team full of Americans. He's got a he's got three Americans on his team, and then they start sucking really bad, and they lose like four out of their next six they lose like four in a row with two draws and they're basically on the edge of relegation again and this past weekend the american jesse marsh is managing Leeds against bournemouth who's also on the edge of relegation and they're at home and they're losing at halftime three one and you should see the venom in the stands for this american coach and like, what a disgusting, like, how could we have hired an American? It's only the second time an American has coached over there. And what you guys have to do, if we, I wish we could play the video or audio right now to hear that stadium when they wore back 3-2, 3-3, and in the 84th minute, this guy, uh, Somerville, this young kid, by the way, he's got four kids, 20, 20, 21, 19 on his team, a bunch of young kids, like, like the show, Ted Lasso. And they come back to win 4-3 against Bournemouth. And that stadium and what they do for Jesse Marsh is right out of that show. You've got to see. You've got to hear the audio of the goal. You've got to see the stadium. It is such a Ted Lasso moment. Jesse Marsh, you're our Ted Lasso of the week. Does he have a Coach Beard with him?
1: You're, <laughs> you're our Jesse March of the week.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good one. House. I give you credit in this week. For you to find joy in sports, that
2: that takes a big man house. Good, good, good job. Lasso. Good I job. Had, I had my rotisserie chicken. I feel better.
1: I thought you were going to go with Lona saltpeter Who's that? The uh, the Israeli marathoner. What happened? She came in second by like a tenth of a second in the New York City Marathon.
2: Well, how does that get your lasso? Second is last. It's like it's it's second second is shit. last. Yeah. That gets your Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Sounds like she. Oh, lost. and the person
1: who won—it's her first marathon ever.
2: Well, Lonus, well I'd that's like to, to, i that's
1: like to – That's a lot of stuff.
2: I'd like to welcome Lona Selpeter to come tomorrow to the parade with the, the union. The second place and the parade. Yeah, the second place parade. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Hey, Thank before we go, before, so, yeah. we go yeah. before
1: we go, before we go, quick pour out for Ray Guy who died on Thursday. He did. Yep. Yeah. First first wow. punter ever that? ever elected to the Hall of Fame. Um, he was drafted 23rd in the first round by Al Davis. First time a punter was drafted in the first round, and Al Davis for years said it was a great draft pick. 14 years.
2: Synonymous with punting. Nobody thinks yeah. of any other punter than Ray Guy. Right. Right. Oh no. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, yeah. if we're pouring him out, we got to pour one out for Dave Butts, too.
1: Oh, right, right. Dave, Dave Butts,
0: Butts died? Yeah. Legendary. Yeah, he died on the fourth. The legendary. Uh, Washington Redskin and a two time Super Bowl winner, and just a, a, just an overall good guy and, and sort of pillar of the community and a legendary, just a legendary Redskin.
2: He's a hog, right? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. A, well, no, yeah, he's a the he's defensive defense.
0: one. So, oh, 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 oh the hogs okay. were the offense.
2: I thought so butts was on that. Okay. Now, we'll pour one out for James.
0: Yeah. Redskins ring of fame. So, all right, guys. Good show. House. Congrats on all the success in Philly sports and get it back to the money.